Other mum, there's nothing more upsetting than watching your baby suffer with skin conditions such as eczema or diaper rash. Right? Well, in this episode, I speak with Becca Shepherd, the author of A Nurse in Your Purse, and you'll hear some great tips on how to feel more empowered and prepared to care for your baby with their skin problems. I'm infant massage instructor Helen Thompson. Hello and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. Being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. So let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Becca and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm so excited to have you here because after I read your book, Nurse in Your Purse, it was it was fantastic and I thought there were so many great tips and tricks in there that I'm sure mums would love to hear about. So I've just picked out a few topics. I've picked out, you know, skin and sort of baby skin and diaper rash because I thought they would be great ones to for first time mums. Let me start by asking you um, about yourself and what what made you motivated to write the book? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. So I live in Michigan with my husband. We're actually high school sweethearts. So we've been together, married now for 14 years. We've got two kiddos, um, ages seven and four. And for the past 10 years, I've been a registered nurse and I've been working with pediatric patients and their families. And for the past eight years, I've actually been working in a pediatric doctor's office. So I've been answering a lot of the same questions from moms with infants. And Mm -hmm. that's really why I wrote this book is because, yes, you can call your pediatrician um, for most things, but you typically have to wait for a call back from the doctor's office. And sometimes that can be hours and sometimes it can be the next day, depending on how busy they are. And, you know, oftentimes things don't happen during those wonderful, convenient business hours. No, they don't, do they? (laughs) No. And sometimes they don't always need an an emergency room visit either. You know, things like a stuffy nose. How do I take care of my infant stuffy nose? What can I do for it? Or an bleeding, uh, bleeding umbilical cord, you know, but as a new mom, even though you know it's not an emergency situation, it feels like an emergency situation. And, you know, when you have to wait for that call back for someone to to tell you, you know, nope, this is okay, or yes, you need to come in, it's that unsettling feeling that just sets in. You sit with that until you get that call back. And so that's really where the idea was born for this book was mm-hmm. I wanted moms to have a quick reference for what they could do for their infant for non-emergency situations, especially when it was the middle of the night, you know? Yeah, and that's that's frightening. It is, yes. And it's just, you know, it's basic health issues. And you don't know what you don't know, but with this guidebook, I hope to give moms a little bit more knowledge 
in feeling confident in what they could do for their baby in those non-emergency situations. Mm. Yeah, because that can be frightening for a mom if they sort of wake up in the middle of the night and the baby's got diaper rash and it's really, really red. Well, I call it nappy rash, but you in America call it diaper yeah. rash. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It's funny. I find it strange calling it diaper rush. Um, but, you know, if it's really, really red and it's really raw, it can be really frightening for a mum. So yeah. I know. So what sort of techniques or tips would you would you recommend for well, diaper rush, rash, nappy rush? Well, like you said, it can range in the severity. So sometimes it might just start out as a simple diaper rash that's just usually little pink areas on the tush. Or it can be severe where all of a sudden you see this red skin. It can be raw. It can be bleeding. And it's yes, I've had that. the baby. Yeah. And some of the causes can be, I mean, it, it's going to differ because each baby is different. Each skin type is different. But sometimes it can be just caused from their, their own pee, their own poop, especially when you're starting new foods that that stool can be more acidic. And so it's more yeah. irritating to the skin down there. And even if you don't let them sit in it for very long, it can still irritate that skin. Other things like soaps or creams or bacteria, certain diapers or wipes, all of those things can kind of contribute to diaper rash. So the the most important thing with diaper rash is preventing. Most babies are going to get some sort of diaper rash, whether it's, whether it's a, a small one or it's a severe one. It's just kind yeah. of a given because there's so much going on down in that little area. So it's pretty much a, a given that your baby's going to get a diaper rash. So some of the things to do to help prevent is just making sure you're changing diapers often. Don't let them sit in their own pee or poop for very long. Clean yeah. between all those cute little rolls and folds that are down there because anything that's hidden in there is going to sit and it's going to irritate the skin. Sometimes wipes can be irritating. So sometimes switching just to a warm washcloth and yeah, that can, yeah. can help. Some people like to use a barrier cream at every diaper change, whether there's a diaper rash or not. And that's that's totally up, up to them as a parent, whether you want to do that or not. Some start using a diaper cream as soon as they see the little bit of redness going on. So Does that help, though, if you do it when it doesn't? It, it does, does the cream actually help if you haven't got nappy rash? Does it actually help prevent it? It can, yes, because what it does is it, it puts that barrier between their butt and uh, the, yeah. the poop and that kind of stuff. So instead of it sitting on that, it's sitting on the cream. But the cream a lot of times needs to be a thick cream. We've, for with my kids, I didn't use powders or anything like that because they didn't seem to work for my kiddos. So I always like to use the thick creams or the ointments because those will stay on longer mm -hmm. than what the powders and that kind of stuff do. So. Yeah, here we have a cream called Sudocreme that I used to use a lot with, with babies, but I don't know if you have Sudocreme. I don't know if it's an American brand or an Australian brand, but it was really thick. Either. It was yeah. a really, it's a really thick sort of barrier cream and you just sort of whack it on. But I, I mean, yeah. every, every country has different, different brands of things. So exactly. Best, yeah. 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 So. And the, the main ingredient in a lot of them that is good for healing the skin is zinc. So if you can find one that has zinc in it, a lot of times it's very good for healing the skin. So there's usually that component that they have in common. Is it okay to put zinc cream directly on 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 diaper rash? If it's a if it's in a diaper cream, yes. If you have like just the the zinc oxide itself, I wouldn't necessarily, but I'm not 100% sure. Typically no, I it's just wondered. 
with other ingredients in there as well. So, yeah, because I noticed in your book when I read it, it, you said it, I think I'm right in saying this, please correct me if I'm wrong, that diaper rush can be, a, is it, I know we're not talking about thrush, but it can be yeasty. Is that correct or not? Diaper rush can go to a yeast. Yeah, I think, I think I read that in your, yep, yep. and that's similar to thrush. It, well, a thrush is in the mouth, and so yeast ah, is typically okay. when it's on the skin somewhere. But when when it, they're both a yeast infection, essentially, it's just were. called something different when it's in your mouth. But yes, it can be it it's, can be difficult to tell the difference between a diaper rash and yeast. And sometimes a diaper rash goes to yeast, so it just it, it, there are distinctions between them. So like the diaper rash we talked about can be red skin or it can be raw and bleeding and that kind of thing. For a yeast infection, it's going to be more bright red. It's going to have sharper borders. They're going to be fairly distinct borders that you can see. Whereas a diaper rash, it's kind of, kind of fuzzy, kind of blurry where the borders are. But yeast infection, it's more sharp. The skin can also be raw or bleeding or weeping as well. And then sometimes you'll see some small red bumps that are actually just outside of that red area. That can be a way that you can tell if it's, if it's a yeast infection. And also if you've, if your kiddo has a diaper rash and you've done the diaper creams and I have a a mixture that I suggest in the book and you've done that and nothing seems to be clearing it up, it might be a yeast infection. So you can always go into the the doctor and have them confirm it for you. There's prescription creams that they can give as well for those to help clear it up. So I recommend going in if you suspect a yeast infection, just to, just to have it confirmed and, and get the right treatment for it. The other rashes that you've mentioned in your book are talking about skin. I'm just sort of going through what you've sort of mentioned in your book about skin. So is um, heat rash. Well, there's heat rash and eczema and is it, I don't know how to pronounce it. M-I-L-I, Mila? Milia. Yeah. So those are yeah. the ones that I wanted to sort of touch on. So heat okay. rash had, I mean, heat rash is, I seems self-explanatory, but for a first time mom, it might not be so. Right. Right. And oftentimes it, it can be confused with baby acne as well, but the difference between baby acne and heat rash is baby acne is typically confined to the face or the neck and sometimes the upper chest area. Whereas heat rash is going to be where the baby has had clothes on. So the belly, the legs, the inner thighs, Mm -hmm. even the butt kind of area, the back. And it's usually, it's going to, it usually clears up on its own in two to three days. Typically, if not, then check in with the doctor, make sure it's not, you know, something different other than heat rash, but, and it often comes on after, you know, if there's been hot weather, baby was bundled up real good, especially in the car you know, we tend to really bundle babies up in the car seat and then kind of forget to unbundle them a bit when they're in the car seat. And then a lot of times that's where that can happen too. And so. it's irritation too, isn't it? Sort of. It yeah. can be itchy. Yeah, it can be itchy. Um, baby might be a little bit fussy, that kind of thing. But as long as there's no, like it's not actually spreading and it's all there, there's no little bumps that are looking like they're infected or anything like that, then it typically clears up on its own. So there's not really a lot that you have to do. You can do if it's real hot, you know, make sure baby is, you know, just in diaper, the skin is able to air out and breathe. You can always do like a a washcloth, a cool temperature washcloth, as long as it doesn't make them shiver um, to kind of help provide relief to the skin, but you Mm -hmm. don't need to do ointments or anything like that for it either. Emilia is those 
little small white bumps that appear on the baby's nose. Uh And sometimes it can be on their chins or sometimes on their little cheeks. And it's just tiny skin flakes that are trapped near the surface of the skin. But again, there's no intervention needed. But sometimes when moms see them, they're like, I don't know what this is. Is it pus in there? Is it infected? You know, so they usually go away on their own. So it's, it's not something to, to really worry about. So, but the other one that we talked about was eczema. And that one is a big one for a lot of people, you know, infants and and adults alike. And eczema is, it's characterized by its red patchy, dry, scaly looking kind of skin. It typically happens in the high friction areas, like the folds of your knees or the elbows, but it can occur, you know, anywhere on the body. It's, typically caused by an imbalanced gut flora, skin dryness, you know, lifestyle or diet or harsh skin products. Sometimes it's triggered by animal allergies or pollens. Oftentimes in infants, it can be any of those, but usually the first thing that we would want to look at is whether the the mom is breastfeeding or if she's formula feeding. Right, okay. So with breastfeeding, if the mom is breastfeeding, the baby has eczema, then we're going to tell mom not only to look at the, like the soaps or the detergents and things like that, that you're using with baby, but also to look at her diets and what she's eating. Because a lot of times some foods can be triggering for eczema. So some of the big ones, they're going to be some of the main top allergy ones, which would be dairy, eggs, soy, wheat, or gluten. So those would be the ones that we would tell moms to look at first in their diet um, with a baby that's got eczema, especially if it's severe eczema. And then also looking at the the soaps, like I said, and the detergents, because the baby's skin is, it's a sponge. So yes, whatever course, you're putting yeah. on it, it's absorbing it, yes. you know, and it's going right into their system. So we always want to make sure, you know, you're using hypoallergenic. It's got very minimal ingredients. It's natural, gentle products on the baby's skin. And a lot of times, you know, if it gets to the point where the mom has to look at her diets and eliminating them, like I very much recommend either if you, if you trust your doctor and they, they're very knowledgeable in this area specifically, then talk it over with them for guidance, because while you're breastfeeding, you're still going to need the proper uh, nutrition in order to maintain your milk supply in order to maintain, making sure baby is getting what they need. Or, you know, if you, if you don't feel your pediatrician or doctor is, is knowledgeable enough in that area, ask them if they have somebody that they know of or a health coach or someone who specializes in that, because it can get to be very frustrating trying to eliminating those foods out of your diet because Mm, some of them take several weeks to get out of your system. So you can think, well, I, I haven't had dairy for a week, but this is still happening. Well, it can take up to six weeks for dairy to get out of your system. So it's not a, it's not a quick process. So it can be frustrating and it's often helpful to have, you know, someone guide you on that, that aspect. The formula fed babies definitely have to look at, you know, what is in the formula itself. There are hypoallergenic formulas. Lots of moms make their own formula as well. That would be something to look into as well. And and again, talk with the doctor about it because they would be able to point you in the right direction for that. 
two questions on what you've just said. One was when you when you speak to a doctor, I mean, it's, I don't know what your doctors are like in the States, but here in, in Australia, some of the doctors are, I don't know how to put this nicely, but some of them are sort of know-it-alls. They think they, they you try and talk to them and you sort of, because I've had so many mums saying this to me, that they go to the doctor and they've sort of said, look, no, I, I want a natural approach to this. I, I, I'd like more of a natural, it was particularly with eczema. And the doctors have always gone, oh, no, no, you know, you need to put this cream on and this cream on, it will heal up. And after about three weeks or even a month, it still hasn't cleared up. And I think a lot of parents or particularly mums are getting frustrated because they they think, well, I'd like a natural approach, but they don't know what to do. So, I mean, mm-hmm. me personally, I'd always go to a naturopath because I, I'm quite a holistic person anyway. I, I mm-hmm. If I had anything, I'd go to a naturopath first. I wouldn't go to a doctor. It's just me personally, but I'm not saying, I mean, as a, you know, when you mum and a baby, I think you've got to, there's a fine line of what you do with that. You've yeah. got to be, yeah. It, so. There is, there is. And I totally understand that working in a pediatric clinic, um, I very, I come from the, the Western medicine approach and that kind of thing, but I more prone to doing the holistic treatment as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think in my mind, I take more of a, a middle of the road approach because I like to do that holistic approach yeah, all the yeah. way up until the point where, okay, I need more help. Yes. Um, but this day and age, the, I want to say healthcare is taking a different turn. I really think it is. We have a lot of health coaches. We have a lot of nutritionists and all of them are, are taking to the online space. So it is very easy to find someone who is knowledgeable in that area. And that agrees with what approaches you are comfortable with as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're not comfortable with your pediatrician, I, I very much do think your baby needs to have a doctor physically look at them to make sure, yes, of course, um, yeah. you know, they're, they're growing developmentally the way that they need to and physically the way they need to. But when it comes to some of those different things of like, like treating eczema and that kind of thing, they don't necessarily physically have to be present. So you can find people online, um, professionals online that can help you in those specific areas. I know several that are they work specifically with gut health. And that's one thing with eczema is people are looking into the gut health. And that would be important for, for breastfeeding moms as well as formula yeah. feeding moms because there's probiotics for babies. When you're breastfeeding, you can take probiotics or you can get the probiotics through foods, fermented foods, yogurts, you know, different things of that nature that will start to help balance out that gut. And so there's there's definitely options for having your, those symptoms or those diagnoses taken care of without actually having to, having it be done by your pediatrician, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And I think it's good that the, that you, that you mentioned that you, you're taking care of you, the mom, as well as the baby, because if your natural gut isn't working as well as it should do, well, then it's likely that if you're breastfeeding, that will pass on to the baby. So it's yep. good that you get that balance. And I think it's important that you get that balance from what you're saying. Yep. And there's, there's so much, there's so much being done now with, with the gut health and how it's relating to chronic diseases and, and things like eczema and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's, there's great potential for, for being able to find someone that can work with you 
in that area of, of what it is you're needing mm-hmm. specifically. And eczema is not hereditary, is it? Because I know, I know that my, my youngest sister had eczema, but none of us did. My, me and my older sister didn't, but it's not hereditary or anything, is it? Or is it just, as you all just say, they, gut health? And... Yeah, I don't think they have found, and, and don't don't quote me on it. I don't oh, no, I know, I know. I'm just asking what your thoughts are. I don't, I don't think it is hereditary. I think it can run in families. Um, I do believe, you know, that your, your body and what things you're susceptible to or sensitive to and things like that, those can be hereditary. So, Mm. you know, if you're sensitive to, you know, mom is sensitive to this and her mom was sensitive to that, it could be that your, your child is going to be sensitive to it or that you're going to be sensitive to it. As far as like finding a you know, a hereditary gene specifically for eczema. I don't think that's been done yet, but you know, like I said, don't quote me on it. But No, no, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to sort of catch you out there. I was just sort of talking in general because yeah. I just wondered because I know that none of, as I said, my two sisters didn't have it, but my youngest sister did, but she grew out of it. So I sort of figure it and might have of- just been a gut health thing. Yeah. And then they say a lot of, a lot of kids can outgrow it, but during that time, it's, it's a pain in the butt and it's very stressing mm. for moms. I know with my son, he had eczema, but he also had food allergies that we didn't know of. Oh gosh, that would be hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, working in the doctor's office, I had access to all the creams, all the over the counter, you know, treatments that they were doing things that we would hand out to the patients and none of them worked. I ended up finding uh, and this is not a plug for this company or anything, but I just, I love the product. It's Emuade and it's, it's a fantastic product because it is, it's antibacterial, it's antifungal, it's antiseptic, it's, it's anti something I'm missing, but it's a topical cream. And mm-hmm. it's the only thing that worked on his hot spots of eczema until we figured out the food allergies and what was actually causing it. And once we eliminated those foods, it took a while, but once we eliminated those foods in those out of his system completely, his eczema cleared up. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I I've sort of worked yeah. with a, a family of four, and the the yeah, the middle there's, there's four of them. The one of the little girls is she I think she's seven or eight, and she gets really really bad eczema, and it's it's really irritating for her. And I don't know whether it's an allergy or what, but I mean, you know, she gets cream put on, and it does help, but she gets poor little love mm-hmm. gets very. I see her, you know, you see her scratching all the time and it's hard to tell her not to scratch because I know what, I know what it's like when you've got eczema, it can be really, really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It can be really itchy and you really want to scratch it, but it's, it makes it worse when you do. Yeah. My son used to scratch his hot spots until they would bleed. And at night we would, we would wrap him in all the creams and I'd wrap up his little legs real good. So the creams would sit on there and, and try and heal it and that kind of thing. But until we used the Emuade, it just, it didn't yeah. help. And it, you know, the Emuade was able to really take out those hot spots. And then once those foods were eliminated, we didn't have an issue with it anymore. So yeah, it can, well, it can be a struggle to find what it is that's, that's triggering it. And, but that's the important thing with thing with eczema is, it's not just happening because it's happening. Something is causing it to happen. So you can't mm-hmm. just you can't just use the creams and expect it to clear up. You have to find the root cause of what is making it happen because there's something. Yes, yeah, and I guess if you go to go to a doctor or a holistic person, 
and talk to them, they can probably give you guidance and help you and support you with yeah, that. It would, it would be a starting point, you know, and, and I would, I would, you know, if all you have access to is your pediatrician or your doctor, or you can't afford to find somebody online, do some research into it, do, do the research into gut health and, and eczema and how they're connected and, and start with some of the things and see what you can eliminate or what you can maybe pinpoint yourself. But doctors are going to be a, a good starting point. If not, Go to go to like your your Facebook groups. There's fantastic Facebook yes, groups yeah, there that are. can give you suggestions. And I'm not saying you know take all of that as medical advice, but it's a good starting point and gives you ideas of of what to look into for your baby if you're not finding the answers that you need. And also, then that gives you a trigger to go to the doctor and say, "Well, I've 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 heard that this is good." Exactly. And the doctor can then say, well, no, that's not good. Try this. And, you know, then you can go back to the Facebook group and you can say, has anybody had this? So, yeah, you're right. Um, social media is very good to some extent, but you've got to take, I'm not going to say you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because there are a lot of mums like, you know, out there who know what they're talking about, but they're not medically trained. And I think right. you've got to be able to cover sure. your backside. Yep. To cover your backside. You've got yes. to, you've got to be able to, to clear it with the doctor and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's the same with, with, with my book is, you know, I don't, I don't want this book to be taken as, you know, exact medical advice. And this is exactly what you need to do because there's nothing that can replace having a doctor physically see your baby. If you think something is wrong, mm-hmm. but it's, it's for those, those moms that really worry and need to have a little bit of reassurance of, you know, do I need to take my infant in because their, their umbilical stump is bleeding or their diaper rash is, you know, out of control. Is it worthy of an ER visit or not? And, and that's what this book does is it, it tells you, you know, this is what it is. This is how you can treat it at home. If it's not working, this is when you need to go in and see the doctor. So yes, it so just it, gives them it, a little bit more knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a support and with your background as well. You, you know, you've got, you've got the, I'm not saying you're a doctor, but you've got, you've got the knowledge behind you so that you, you know, right. when to sort of say, go and, go and see a doctor or not go and see a yes. doctor. Every topic in here, I have talked to thousands and thousands of moms, I think probably over the past eight years in advising basically the same thing that the doctors advise, um, along with some of the more, you know, there's, there's modern interventions and then there's more holistic interventions as well. So you get a little bit of both in there. So, so having talking about your book, if somebody, if people want to find out about your book or find out where to get it, and if they think, oh, wow, this is, I'd really love to have a nurse. I keep can't get the put a nurse in your purse. How do they? <laughs> how do they get? How do they get hold of your book? So it's at most available book retailers. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, and I'm sure that's going to differ for what retailers there are in each country. Or you can go to my website, which is beccashepherd.com. And it's got a link in there where you can purchase it. And Shepherd is Shep hard. So, <laughs> so is there anything else that I could, if before I sort of close up, is there anything else for any, any particular tips, that, any sort of really magical tip you'd give to a first time mom who had any of these problems and didn't have your book? Would there be any particular tip that you would give your, uh, give a first time mom? I would say follow your mommy gut because even though you're a new mom, it's there. 
and that instinct is there. So if you feel something is off with your baby, you feel something is just not right and they need to be seen, follow your mommy gut and take them in. It's better to take them in than to wait and wonder. Yep, that's a great tip. I like the way you say follow your mummy gut because obviously they've got a gut <laughs> problem, is it? Yeah. No, thank yes. you, Becca. It's thank been great. You. It's been great to talk with you, and I've I've enjoyed sort of catching up with you and talking to you about your book. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Yes, it's absolutely. been a pleasure thank talking you so much to for you. Having me, Becca shared some great tips on how to help your baby with those frustrating skin conditions. You'll find the links to Becca's website where you can purchase her book as well as her Facebook and Instagram details in the show notes, which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero two seven. Mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero two seven. If you're looking for additional help or resources, I also run a free Facebook group called First Time Mums Lounge. So please join me and you'll gain access to tips to help you and your baby through the beginning stages of your journey. You can access the group by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash Facebook. mybabymassage.net forward slash Facebook. I also welcome questions, comments, and feedback on my podcast episodes, please feel free to reach out by sending me an email at info at mybabymassage.net. Info at mybabymassage.net. And once again, thank you so much for listening.